Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. This is episode number 47. Lucky 47, Movie Momo. And today, I have my good buddy Ryan from Dangerous World Podcast on here. How the heck are you, my dude? I'm doing great, Janet. I hope I didn't fuck up your intro. Brandon is not available right now, and he's the master editor of the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you already are, uh, on, on another level of professionalism than I am here. So other than that, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a professional at something anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> Not you know sure I, what that is. I heard you've had a crazy, uh, last couple of days too. So I don't want to jump the gun, but I was dying to hear what was going on with you. It has been a little insane. Um, we had a little tornado action yesterday in my neighborhood out in the country. Sounds fun. I, yeah, I was sitting outside, you know, smoking a cigarette, doodling around on my phone, and I was like, whoa, looked up at the sky and I thought, wow, the clouds are doing some weird shit I've never seen before. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the emergency alert system goes off on my phone. And so I came to the door and I hollered inside for my husband. And I'm like, hey, come here and look at these clouds because they're doing something weird. He comes to the back door. And as soon as he opens the back door, I was like, oh, my God, tornado. It was that fast. Ran inside, picked up the animals, went in the only room in our house that has no windows, which is a very tiny bathroom, uh, a guest bathroom. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, in, in there with the door locked and the animals in there, and they were not liking it. So, yeah, it uh, ended up missing our house, fortunately, but it got every single one of the neighbors around us. Oh, you know what? I misunderstood then. I thought it went right over your house, and I was blown away as to how it didn't just destroy everything. Because I live out in the yeah. desert. And the worst things that we get as far as like weather would go is maybe like a monsoon in the summer, mm -hmm. but then mm -hmm. we'll also get like dust devils, you know? And so that's not too, too crazy at all, but tornadoes or something else. Yeah. We had some, uh, some hail and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of really strong winds and rain and thunder that like, that's what was weird. Like right before the tornado activity hit is thunder would start and it never stopped and so it was like this long thing of thunder for like 45 minutes that mm, never shut off and i was like what the hell never God, heard that is before. that you yeah hello <laughs> angels bowling um yeah and so you know and it just 
we came inside and, you know, hunkered down. And like I said, I went out to check this morning to see what all had happened. And it got all of the neighbors to the left of us, like everybody. Wow. It wiped out either their houses, their barns. Um, I saw a car today or a truck, I should say, that was smashed like a pancake. Damn. Um, yeah, it seemed like you had your kind of like your Hurricane Harvey moment where you're going around the city or your town yeah. and just kind of uh, checking up on people is what it seemed like earlier. So yeah. that's a, you're a hero for doing that. Yeah, I was going to go and see if I could help any of the people that sure. were around us. And um, thankfully, since we live out in a, a very country type setting, um, thankfully, a lot of the neighbors already had a bunch of people they were helping. So good. it was really difficult to get good photos or video or anything like that because, I mean, there was like there was a roof in the um, field or in the forest, I should say, next to us. And we're not sure whose it was. But yeah, there was interesting things up in the trees. So hmm. yeah, it's a looks like a war zone around here right now. No casualties, I hope. Uh, we hope not. I haven't heard uh, anything yet. I all, only thing that I've really heard released in the press that there were millions of dollars worth of damage, which uh, this is like a farming community. And a lot of people have livestock or, you know, horses, um, things like that. So, damn. Well, there's another <laughs> uh, another interruption in the supply chain for the food with the prices going up on mm -hmm. food. It's going to be I mean, I saw uh, reports from like Bloomberg that right. it's going to be up like 70 percent by the end of summer. This is like two or three months out. And that's yeah. terrifying to me. I have a lot of stored food. Well, uh, and not to mention that um, I was listening to the episode the other day when they were talking about uh, the Cicadia Code. What's that? Um, um, Ken and uh, somebody else was talking about it. And anyway, it was some kind of code you had to crack in a magazine. Oh, and Cicada whatever. 3301. Yeah, that was on yeah, our yeah. show. But I thought I thought it was weird because one of I get like tons of news emails, yeah, um, from different sources, and I got this thing today about cicadas coming oh, yeah. up in swarms from under the ground the and brood X. Yes, and we are supposed to get um, absolutely mobbed with them here, I guess, and yeah. they're expecting them to do a lot of damage to crops. So wow, it's like the perfect storm that we're going through. And yeah, I, I do believe that that was on our show. Um, yeah, we yeah. we did have Ken on there and, and uh, it was just a fun, fun thing. And it, it is this weird situation. And I'm kind of concerned about what the sound is going to do because cicadas, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with what right. they are, but they're I mean, loud. They're, yep. they get loud. But then what, what I'm understanding is that, um, some of these brood X, they can be as loud, like in a group, if you're standing under a tree with them, they can be as loud as a motorcycle driving by you. And if you stand under the, under the tree for 30 minutes, you could have permanent hearing damage. Oh, I so, believe it. And that's terrifying because like frequencies do things to people's brains. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just kind of confused as to like, why, why right now? Like, you know, we had arguably the worst year definitely the worst year since i've been alive um it didn't affect me personally much 
but just for the on a global scale 2020 was i mean like a fuck you year and 2021 doesn't seem to be looking much better yeah and it's kind of weird that like all of this stuff is happening to destroy crops right now yeah and then who owns all the farmland bill gates baby yeah and he just keeps amassing and i think the last number i saw was like 262 thousand acres or some shit that he has i have no idea whatever we'll divide that in half because melinda gates got half that you know <laughs> right i mean <laughs> those two man uh what's his name kevin klein or who's who is it really the actor oh yeah that well it's definitely not a female that's <laughs> well what is it, it is with that definitely not have really you seen melinda I, have you seen the things with Kamala Harris and like she has a clear scar over her Adam's apple or what used to be an Adam's apple? I don't know if you noticed mm-hmm. that. Yep. So it's just like, what's going on with all these trannies that are like coming to power? I, you know, and the weird thing was um, I got an email about Bill and Melinda today, too, where um, not only was she upset with his uh, little um, Epstein connection. friendship with Epstein, but also... I guess there's a female that that he met like back in 84 and they've been having this love festival relationship with ever since. And his whole thing with marrying Melinda, she had to agree to let him spend like one week um, a year in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. With this with this chick. It was so weird. And her name was Ghislaine Maxwell. (laughs) So that's very interesting, right? (laughs) but i mean it's just it's crazy like why not if you got that money why not just be like uh you know like lie lie about it you know say you're going on a business trip you're flying all around the world and i know like you know this probably isn't doesn't make me look too great but i mean you know why why are you gonna be like hey honey uh i'm gonna go out and bang this uh this side chick one week a, a month that's part of our contract um there's something up with these people man it's just a I'm flying elsewhere to get some different poon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why say that? You know what I mean? And obviously, I mean, I guess it's, it's you know, honesty is everything. But, I mean, it, it, clearly they're hiding things from each other. I just think it's funny. Maybe their contract was up after 27 years of marriage. That is a pretty interesting number. And I know we've mentioned it before, uh, you know, when we did the the big uh, kind of swap cast type thing that we did. I guess it wasn't a swap cast, but the big group chat that we had. Um, you know, they talk, they released that information at three 30, um, very significant. You got that 33 right there. So 27, 33, uh, did they have a 27 year contract? I don't know. Um, uh, but there's definitely some, cause you know, Bill Gates has to pay for a, a girl, whether it be a tranny or, uh, you know, a dime, uh, there's something, something up with that dude. You know, we used to have this mayor in the town that I actually came from, and you know who he looked like? He looked like Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. Oh, that's a that that character I've heard is uh, modeled after a Rockefeller. He he looked he looked exactly like that dude. He was the mayor, and women would flock to him just because he had power. And I was like, oh, there is not enough like paper bags to put over my head or barf bags to have handy. <laughs> 
for me. Mm-mm. No. Well, I mean, you're you're a pretty uh, you know, I haven't known you for too long, but you're very independent from what I have gathered. Um, yeah. you know, hearing you on um, you know, like other podcasts, you you kind of have like alpha energy especially for a female. So, um, it, that's just kind of what I gather. A lot of of girls are are I shouldn't say a lot of girls. It's going to make me sound sexist or something, but I'm just saying like a lot of uh, less well off or less motivated individuals are very willing to kind of, uh, you know, fall in line. I could be gay for pay. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what I mean? It, if someone's got enough cash for me, I could do something. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have a horrible gag reflex. So anyone out there listening that's down for it, I can't give, uh, but I could maybe receive. So that's just the truth there. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh, that just put funny pictures in my head, and I should get them out right now. Well, yeah, I'm I'm 280 pounds, six two. I mean, it's not it's I'm not I'm not not a twink by any means, but you know, I can I can make it happen if I have to. So, so are you single? No, I'm not. But I mean, you know, okay. it, it just it's you know, this is a hypothetical. I was gonna, I was going to say, if you're not single, we're going to have to get a message to your woman to let her know that you've put out feelers for. For uh, <laughs> hey, I'm sure she wouldn't uh, wouldn't be too worried if uh, if the if the money was big enough, you know what I mean. I'm invested in crypto right now heavily, and uh, I mean we're we're swinging for the fences. So if uh, if someone's got something, just let me know. You know, how's the crypto going for you? It's good. You know, Elon Musk kind of fucked it up. He shit the bed with uh, Dogecoin. I think I, I I you know he's such a weird character to me, where. It seems like he intentionally goes out and he drives the prices of things down. I think what he does is just try to see how much power he truly wields. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we were living in like a not non-comic book reality, I you know I think that he knows exactly what's going to happen. But if you want to like kind of throw some mainstream logic behind it, I think that he is just uh, you know trying to see can I make Doge fall? Can I make Doge rise? Um, I heard a uh, rumor that uh, his weird little girlfriend or wife or whatever Amanda Grimes is uh, a, a text that she sent to her cousin got out on accident telling people to buy Ethereum, telling her cousin specifically to buy Ethereum um, because it's going to go up to 100,000 within the next couple months. And I hope it does. I have one. Uh, I have one coin that I bought for 300 uh, back at the beginning of last year. Um, so that'd be great, but um, I was counting more on like XRP, which is Ripple's coin. Um, I actually had a, a, a chat with Sam Tripoli about that a little while ago um, on his Patreon for Tinfoil Hat, and um, we talked about you know crypto and how it could be connected to the human consciousness. And it 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 seems like the XRPs, uh, like those kind of banker coins, are going to be the ones that go up. So I'm excited about those, but. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think Bitcoin is where it's at personally. I'm scared to get into any of that stuff because to me, like the crypto, I associate very heavily with the dark web and, yeah. you know, like trafficking and, <clears throat> you know, pornography and things sure. like that. <clears throat> sure. So I'm a little, I'm a little reluctant and hesitant to invest. Is it a moral thing or are you just scared that, uh, that you would lose your money? Uh, kind of both. Both, yeah. It just gives me the it gives me the creeps. It's weird, you know. There's a specific coin that I hadn't heard about that Sam uh brought up. Sam Tripley. I shouldn't refer to it as Sam. I only chatted with him one time, but uh, Sam Tripley brought up this Monero coin, 
And he uh, even admits like, yeah, this is like the dark web coin, the black market uh, currency. Bitcoin is absolutely used on like the Silk Road and things like that or was. Um, but uh, what XRP is, is it's they're partnered with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. Oh, so, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. And again, you know, moral issues there. Um, but I'm also not stupid. I, I, I The dollar is dead. Uh, it really is. And even though, you know, people have asked me before, like, is, you know, y- you're excited about Ripple or XRP going up to, you know, a $10,000. They're still converting it to dollars. So why are you excited about that? And it's just the principle of getting out of true uh, dollars, US dollars. Right. Just like, you know, if you invest in like hard assets, land, silver, gold, platinum, right. things like that. Um, it's still, that's the parameter that we find ourselves measuring things around is is the US dollar, but that's going to change at some point. And I do believe that XRP is going to be the, the currency of the future personally, um, by no means a financial advisor, but that's just my gut feeling and my research tells me the same. Yeah, it's just creepy. Anything that's connected to Klaus Schwab just scares the living sure. shit out of me. And you're right. You're right to think that, but I mean, this dude came out of freaking nowhere. You know what I mean? And, and from what I understand, I don't know if you've heard the thing where, you know, back in, in June of 2020, he was talking a, about a uh, a cyber attack, like a blackout. Yes. Most, did you yes, hear that? Yes, that's, that's the next thing that's supposed to be coming after the, quote, pandemic. Yeah. In July. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, as soon as we get these these mask mandates lifted, and I just took a really interesting picture right when I opened up my browser to chat with you. It was uh, it was such a contradictory thing. On on the left side of the screen, I see uh, the the headline uh, or the title of the article: Fauci and experts say that we need to lift mask mandates. And then right over to the right, in a smaller square, it says, "Get vaccinated, and you can get back to your normal life." It's as simple as that. So, you know, and this is on, you know, Bill Gates funded computer right here. I, I have a little uh, yoga course. computer. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm just too broke to afford the Apple stuff. But um, I don't know. I, I'm just I, I feel like there is something that's going to happen. They're not going to let this up. They've gotten too much control. They've gotten themselves so much richer. Why mm-hmm. are they going to let us go back to to having some dignity? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and like even with the vaccinations, they're expecting a profit of like two hundred and seventy-five billion dollars by like twenty twenty-four. That's why I feel uh, Bill and Melinda split. Truly, is to split up those assets because um, you know if uh, if Bill Gates becomes like the first multi-trillionaire of all time, or you know, I know that there's no real trillionaires on record but i mean the dude's gonna make so much freaking money off this and if uh he doesn't have to split his assets up i think that it's gonna be insane well that'll be like a really interesting divorce proceeding <laughs> sure i mean it's the same as a uh, bezos uh whole who's, thing right who's gonna get all the properties plus uh him and and bezos and uh who is the other jackal oh uh richard branson that yeah. invested all that you know, millions of dollars into their quote meatless option. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you see these billionaires breaking up like that. You know what I mean? Like I, when, when uh, Bezos and his wife broke up or divorced, um, I was just thinking like, how much of an asshole does Jeff Bezos have to be for his wife to voluntarily divorce? You know, obviously she's getting half that money, 
Um, but then, you know, a few years later we see, um, or what was it one year or two years later? I forget if Bezos and them divorced in 19 or 20, I forget, but, um, you know, that's relatively soon. Like what are the odds to major, major, like top point, point, oh, 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 whatever, blah, 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 percent, Mm -hmm. uh, people divorce like that. Um, you know, there's something up with that. I, I'm not sure what it is, but these people are splitting their assets up and splitting their stocks up. Um, you know, their their shareholdings in Amazon and in Microsoft and things like that. To where uh, is there going to be a stock market crash? I'm not sure. Um, it's overdue, absolutely. But oh, yeah, you know, and it, that, it is. they'll they'll make it crash without a doubt. Well, but yeah, you know, it depends on where these people live at because um you know like if i was a billionaire or whatever and i lived in california there's no fucking way in hell i would ever get a divorce because you have to pay alimony mm-hmm. for the rest of her life unless she gets remarried oh nice. well are, do they live in california because i know bill gates and i don't, uh, I don't know I think Bill Gates and them live in uh, Washington State, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. And I think uh, that Bezos did too, because isn't he obsessed with the? He was obsessed with the Washington Redskins and uh, the Washington Post, which I, th- I I think that comes out of D.C. Am I correct about that? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but the Reds, the Washington Redskins, come out of Washington State. Um, I think I should know that, but. It's just an interesting, interesting dynamic there. That'll be interesting if Zuckerberg ever decides to get divorced. <laughs> well, maybe and you know, maybe he'll be the next one. But ooh, being in California, don't do it, dude. Yeah, um, you know, and then one of the Maxwell sisters is involved with Facebook pretty heavily too. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of just you know, it, it seems like they're all just kind of cucks at the top, and they all just kind of share, you know, everything, you know, so. It's weird. I, I I don't like that whole. They're freaking. They they trip me out, and I I love trying to figure out what they're up to, um, but they're clearly very intelligent, um, and they know how much of a liability the internet has become for them, as well as it's you know it's their best asset too. But oh, um, definitely, it's a double edged sword for them. So, let's get into some. Uh, you want to talk some movies? Hmm. I would love to. This is uh this is what you brought me here for. Let's do it. So what do you want to get into here? Um start with uh we're, we're today we're talking about Stanley Kubrick movies. So uh go ahead and start with the eyes wide shut because everybody's heard of that movie. Yeah, there's a few that he's made that people are really, you know, into. Eyes Wide Shut is his most recent. There's all the theories that, you know, he was killed because of what he disclosed in the movie. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff with his daughter. Um, my personal favorite movie of his, but The Shining is a close second. And then you have, uh, you know, Clockwork Orange, which, uh, you know, subliminal messages of MK Ultra all throughout that movie. Uh, that is a really weird movie to watch. <laughs> it's incredible. And then even the cover of that movie is the all-seeing eye pyramid. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Full Metal Jacket's another great one that he has. That's a that's an amazing movie. I love that movie. 
It's crazy because that's one of the scariest movies I ever saw as a kid, and it's not intended to be a horror movie. But that scene where that, you know, sluggy Marine goes in and it just blows his head off after he kills the drill sergeant, mm-hmm. um, that traumatized me as a kid. And so did The Shining. I hadn't seen Eyes Wide Shut until I was, you know, old enough to kind of understand what was going on, probably because my parents didn't want me to see all the sex and things like that. Right. Um, but that was one thing that I'm really thankful for my parents. They let me watch whatever I wanted um, as a kid, with the exception of like porn and things like that. Um, <laughs> but I, I did get to see. Sure, some- sure. No. Well, you know, I, I found I found that on my own. You know what I mean? Um, I grew up in the 90s. So, you know, this is when the Internet was really becoming a thing. So, I, you know, I, I, I found my way around their little firewalls and things like that. But um, no, I, I as far as Eyes Wide Shut goes. There's really interesting theories about the movie where, you know, he's exposing like the Rothschilds. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that movie? Like, y- y- it seems like that's your favorite of Kubrick's movies. Well, you know, it, going back to the secret societies and, you know, the the dark parties that they always hold. And it reminded me so much of like. Um, like I had a guest on in my Patriot, we talked about the OTO. Um, he he fills me in on all kinds of other secret societies, and that's the way it struck me because you have to have a password to get in. It has to be the right thing. You have to be invited by a member, um, kind of like the Masons, you know, where you have to know somebody to sponsor you to get in, to get invited in the first place. And then it's just like a complete and total sexual depravity, uh, debauchery, anything goes, different rooms for, you know, each kind of fetish or whatnot. And Mm -hmm. the fetish world itself uh, is very dark. It's very uh, deep for uh, maybe I'll do a show on that in the future. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like the underbelly of society. And there's all kinds of things that goes on at those kind of parties. So definitely. And and I mean, it, to me, what it seems like and what I've heard, you know, other people say, and this is just the, the theory that resonates with me the most is all of Kubrick's movies were exposing that NASA sex cult, like the Saturnalia, modern mm-hmm. day right. um, abuse of young kids, trafficking of young kids. And uh, just the 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 mistreating of children, and his his daughter, uh, I believe her name's Vivian, went missing for a little while um, while he was making the movie. And this came out in 1999. Um, but there was a lot of editing that was done when you know he had gotten the final cut and it was ready to go. Uh, he had died, and then he had he died of a heart attack, which is kind of like the classic, uh, you right. Know, fat guy dying of a heart attack. No one's going to ask him any questions, whatever. Um, But he he's gone. And supposedly some, some heavy hitters came in to edit the movie and, and take out some of the scenes. Um, There's that scene where, you know, the, the most infamous scene of the movie, in my opinion, is when they're, we're all kind of initiating these girls into before the orgy starts in the movie, whether it's a ritualistic thing or just a, you know, fun, clearly it's a ritual, but Mm-hmm. You know, however you want to see it, they go in and I found it very interesting when I found out that 
the song he's chanting in the middle, there's a guy with a mask. Right. Bunch of girls in a circle, bunch of guys with masks in a circle. Um, and then a lot of onlookers outside of the ceremony, all in masks. And this guy's chanting a song and you can't even make out what it's, it doesn't sound like Latin. It doesn't sound like anything, but what it is, is he's chanting a uh, Bible verse in Latin backwards. So it's very satanic. Just anytime you invert something like that. And uh, it's just, when you start getting into these levels of symbolism and what he's trying to show here, there's people that dedicate their lives to watching Stanley Kubrick movies frame by frame. And this is who figures these kinds of things out. And mm-hmm. so um, when I when I heard that it was Latin backwards, um, that to me just like, it, it gave me the chills when I found it out. You know what I mean? Um, that and then do you remember in that movie when he goes to buy the costume um he's he's dealing with a a shop that's closed down he's got to get a mask and a cloak and right. uh he goes in with um an old man that, that shut his costume shop down he's got a young daughter in there that's uh you know kind of slutting around with a couple of like asian businessmen and right he acts that the father of this girl acts super upset when he finds out that she is messing around with these guys. But when Tom Cruise goes back to return the costume and the mask, um, he, which, which he can't return the mask. The mask he end up finding out later is at his house uh, next to his mm-hmm. wife in bed. So right. that's another kind of like, they're just saying like, fuck you to him. But it's like um, putting a horse head on your pillow. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and my my other theory is that you know she was a- actually at the party too. Uh, Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman um, was at the party as one of the the sex slaves under like some MK Ultra mind control stuff. Um, right. But uh, you know he he comes uh, goes back to the, the the costume shop to return, and it's clear that the dad was pimping out his daughter. Um, you know, saying like, if you need anything, like anything, and he's grabbing his mm-hmm. daughter. You know, just let me know. And, um, you know, she's kind of winking at him and and flirting with him and stuff like that. But um, there's just so many messages in the movie that are interesting. But when you talk about Stanley Kubrick himself and the effort that he put into this and just, you know, he's a master of psychology as well. He did a lot of research in school um, about psychology. Very smart guy. High, high IQ. And he would shoot the same scenes over and over again. I heard that he did the scene when, keep in mind, you know, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman are married during this time. Um, there's a there's a really weird scene where a naval officer is like uh, kind of like getting pretty sexual with Nicole Kidman. And mm-hmm. Tom Cruise was not allowed to be there when they filmed that scene. And it took them six weeks to get this scene right. They were shooting the scene over and over again. And the point that Stanley Kubrick was trying to get across was that um, he wanted he wanted to get a reaction out of Tom Cruise, basically, which, you know, if you're part of Scientology, which we know Tom Cruise is, you're oh, not definitely. supposed. Yeah, he's like the poster child of it. Him and uh, John Travolta. But you're not supposed to show negative emotion uh, in the workplace. And. Uh, Stanley Kubrick was just trying to piss off Tom Cruise by having his naked wife, 
uh, get messed around with by uh, much uh, clearly a much taller guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, someone someone that uh, Nicole Kidman probably would have been more attracted to for six weeks. I mean, that's uh, that's torture. There's some other things in The Shining where he made like Jack Nicholson and um, Shelley Duvall film a scene. 127 times and they were literally both crying uh, by the time they were done with it. So he had a dark side to him. He liked torturing people and um, kind of just pushing people to the limit. It seemed that kind of goes along with the theme of the movie though, because to me it was like a, you know, satanic ritualistic, whatever they were talking about, Um, you know, like beating that one girl, even though the, Later on, that guy said it didn't happen, but yeah, you know, that and the whole uh dishonesty element to it, where you know, like she had these feelings for this, you know, a naval officer guy or whatnot, and and she's just now telling him after all this time that she basically was, you know, like wanting to whatever it's just fantasy, but I mean, a lot of people are like that where they have to hide their fantasy side and they can't openly discuss that with their partner. Yeah. Um, which creates even more of a void and even more of a desire in my personal opinion. Absolutely. Um, than it would, if you would just be honest and out with it in the first place, be like, Hey, you know, I really want to bang Nicole Kidman or, you know, whatever. If you guys can have those open conversations with each other, without judgment, without jealousy, Trust me, it makes things stronger. Sure. And I think that that, um, you know, not to get too off topic here, but it's just it seems so much like what is being pushed on the average person, uh, you know, with Pornhub being like the second most trafficked site in the world. um, You know, obviously what they're doing on those kinds of sites is very uh, it's not realistic for most people. And people are seeing this stuff and then they can't have the conversations. They're being introduced to fetishes that they, that they didn't know existed. Yeah. That they didn't know. Exactly. You know, I didn't realize that. So exactly. Like, you know, I, I didn't realize it was so attractive to see a, a a naked girl vacuuming and then uh, get trapped under the table or what, you know what I mean? Like stupid, stupid stuff. That's like, okay, like this is not even a, a, a thing that can happen. And, and then when you, for the average man, if you were to bring that up to his wife or girlfriend, the the knee jerk reaction from that girlfriend or vice versa, it would be like, uh, where the fuck did you see that? And then that starts a fight. Um, you know, it's almost kind of like right. a lot of people don't don't want to admit that their partner is is watching porn pretty much every day. So uh, it sucks. You know, it, we're we're drifting far away from reality in in many senses. So it's <laughs> it's crazy. It's a crazy time to be alive. But, you know, the funny thing is, like, and the weird thing, I guess, for me with a lot of his movies, as I'm sure with a lot of other movies from other people as well, but the characters in them have the weirdest names. You know, like, people have done shows before about language and how, um, like, language basically, you know, like, uh, words don't mean what you think they do. Absolutely. Words are made up to whatever. And so one of the movies that he did was this thing called Killer's Kiss. Mm. And it was so weird because it was um, this like fighter and he was like 
really good at what he did, but he couldn't like make it big. But he falls in love with this, um, I'm a caller stripper that lived across the street from him because he was being a voyeur. He was watching her through her window and she was watching him through his window. And anyway, that's, they had this voyeuristic relationship and never spoke. And then finally they met because she was a stripper. Her name was Gloria Price. Keep in mind price. Yeah. And she worked at a club called Pleasure Land. Okay. Okay. So that was weird because, you know, she's a stripper. You have to pay her. So she has a price and she works at Pleasure Land. And then <clears throat> the whole thing centered around like um, abuse from this manager at the club that she worked at. And, you know, she her falling in love with this fighter because he saved her from this manager that was trying to beat her up or abuse her or whatever. And then uh, she gets kidnapped and then he threatens to kill everybody and whatever. But it's like, a, it almost kind of reminded me of like, a, oh, you know, like the Kurt Cobain days where everything was angsty and painful and everybody was sad and, you know, depressed all the time and whatnot and it revolved basically around like this very abusive relationship and this very like depressive state that everybody's in and of course killing mm. that's interesting because we're, we're all you know a lot of people are in a depressed state right now you know like we, we right. i've heard over and over again people saying that they just simply don't care like what's going on right now? There's this huge sense of like they don't. nihilism or you know whatever you want to call it. That uh, no one no one cares what's going on. Even Alex Stein, you know, like that he's a super hyper guy, you know, goofball kind of a character. And uh, you know, more some of us, especially like in this whole podcast, uh, you know, crowd, a lot of us are kind of good at at um, you know hiding our emotions or being happy when we may not be. And right. there's a lot of people that that just simply can't do it. And then when you're being almost bribed to not work, um, as as crazy as it sounds, work working does something for your spirit or for your soul. When even if you hate right. going in, you feel there's a there's a part of you that feels good after a hard day's work. You know what I mean? Right. I wouldn't take it as far as the Nazis did, where it's like work sets you free. I'm not going to go that far with it. But there's there's a there's definitely something true to, you know, going out sweating, um, you know, having sore feet and then coming home and then you get that paycheck. and You're like, OK, we can eat. We can you know, uh, I can support my family. I can support myself, whatever, you know. Um, but then when people are just bribed to stay home and, you know, not to mention uh, we're going to lose a lot of supplies, and uh, you know, the supply chain is being very broken up. So, right. It's but then, you know what it is though, I think more than anything is their desire to break everyone's willpower. Because yeah. if they can break you down with um you can't work or you are we're gonna have to cut your pay if you are working or you know, like you can't pay your bills anymore. You can't provide food for your family anymore. You have to wear a mask all the time. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't work here. Anything and everything that they can do to completely dehumanize you, demoralize you, and break your willpower, you are so much easier to control that way. 
and confusion is a huge part of that too. When you when you oh, 100%, hear yeah. when you hear that you don't need to wear a mask, uh, healthy people don't need to be quarantined, and then a couple months later you hear the opposite. Um, I always say that the best debate of all time would be 2020 Anthony Fauci and 2021 Anthony Fauci. And it's just like, you know, you could you could see these two going at it and just disagreeing with, you know, on every point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and Kubrick tapped into a lot of this stuff so early on. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get into uh, a clockwork orange yet, but just the fact that he had I mean, and this may be a coincidence. I don't believe in many coincidences, but with uh, with a clockwork orange in that beginning scene where you know, all those boys, all the all the guys are hanging out in their club. Mm-hmm. Their furniture are, is is human beings. You know what I mean? It's mannequins. And so, and then in in the year 2020, we get this crazy Wayfair conspiracy that pops out where children are being trafficked through furniture. Mm-hmm. Now, right. how long has that has that been going on? You know, I don't know if that was blown out of proportion or not. Um, there's no arrests that been that have been made. There, there was nothing. It kind of just seemed like one of those. Uh, it was an election year. There was a lot of distractions going on. But uh, what are the odds of of you know something like a bunch of you know fuck ups hanging out in a bar, sitting on women uh, mannequins, and then you know we we end up finding out that like oh shit, you know it's possible that people are selling kids through furniture. And exactly. there's a lot of people that think this guy got whacked for the the things that he was disclosing. So. Guy was ahead of his time. It's entirely possible, or he could be part of it because you know that's their thing is they have to um, put out the message. Yeah, they have to like it has to be a a visualization, or they have to talk about it in some way or another to like appease their whatever the hell they're following. So I don't know. Well, if it's the Freemasons, they follow Lucifer and, um, you know, Baphomet for the Knights Templar and things like that, which is, a uh, you know, a more elite branch of the Freemasons, if you want to call it that. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some demonic forces at work here. And then if you're if you want to, I'd actually love to talk about the shining here, because um, do you remember that that picture in the shining of Jack Nicholson when, you know, it's in the past, it's in 1921. And he's making a weird face. He's like, you know, this is before he was even around. And he's in this picture. Like, he's kind of time traveling. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Type in, if you're like if, if you able to, uh, just Google it. I know that, you know, that your listeners aren't going to be able to see this. But type in just uh, The Shining 1921 uh, picture and then Baphomet in the same thing. There's this really interesting photo of Jack Nicholson, uh, essentially time traveling in, in the, and it could have been his delusion uh, in the in the film, but he's doing the as above, so below hand gesture. He's got one hand on top and one hand down below, and I never noticed this as a kid. I I only saw his face, and my family, you know, this is it's kind of a, a funny story with that picture from my family is we we always just thought that picture was funny for some reason just the 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 look on Jack Nicholson's face but uh he's clearly doing the as above so below the baphomet gesture and um the year 1921 uh i think it was July 4th 1921 this is exactly 2 months after Woodrow Wilson resigned and uh there's theories that the whole shining movie is making a mockery of Woodrow Wilson and him getting 
the country off of the gold standard, sort of starting the central bank and all that stuff. Oh, I see it now. All right. Yeah, it's weird. You see his hands, how they are, you know, and there's there's a lot of really interesting things about The Shining. There's that movie, that documentary made, Room 231. And um, I don't know if you've if you've happened to check that out, but it's a it's just basically a lot of different people kind of getting together and dissecting the subliminal messages in The Shining. And um, I'm sure you've heard the theories of Kubrick being the one that filmed the fake moon landing. Yes. So absolutely. Back in his time when he was in high school and college and all that, it was believed that the moon was. 237,000 miles away from Earth. So there you have your room 237. And this is the room that was the, uh, all the, all the shit was going down. Uh, you know, the kid was tortured in that room. This is where, you know, Jack, Jack entered that room and he lost his sanity and all this stuff. Um, it, it, you know, turns out if, you know, what they're telling us is true, we end up finding out later, um, that the moon is 238,000 miles away. So it's just a slight, you know, thousand mile difference there. But you get more really interesting imagery. So, you know, during this time, if, if Kubrick was the one that filmed the fake moon landing, JFK would have been the one to initiate that operation with the Apollo landing and all that good stuff. Um, before that, there was a space program called Gemini. And Gemini is the uh the constellation of that is the twins right like this is what it's right. represented and right. in the book the shining there wasn't twins you know the twins were the ones that were terrorizing danny the young kid in uh in the movie it was twins it was identical twins mm -hmm. so this is where you get the gemini but in the book it was it was you know two daughters of different ages and blah 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 but um there's this really interesting idea that when he goes in, when Jack goes in to kind of get debriefed on his idea or his mission to uh, run the hotel during its, you know, off season when it's snowed in, the manager of the hotel looks a lot like JFK. He's got like the nice hair. He's a young kind of charismatic dude. And uh, <laughs> what, what, what I heard was that Jack Nicholson's character is actually Stanley Kubrick going in and talking with JFK and getting debriefed on the Apollo mission. And, and this followed the Gemini idea. And I, don't, I'm, I might be kind of not tying this together too well, but the idea here is that, you know, in the movie, the, the twins were murdered by the previous caretaker that was, you know, running the whole hotel. So right. you have the Gemini space program the Gemini twins are murdered and that does not work. And then you have Jack Nicholson or Stanley Kubrick coming in with the Apollo mission to make the true moon landing hoax come to fruition. And there's even a, they get as, as detailed as an Eagle uh, in a statue being behind the JFK figure in the movie and the Mars or the, uh, the moon Rover uh, code name was Eagle. So you have so many different little pieces there where Kubrick is hinting at that idea. And, you know, maybe he was just kind of, you know, trolling people. Um, but it's very interesting when you put all those pieces together. And then when you realize, too, that Danny, there's a scene where Danny is wearing an Apollo 11 sweater when he stands up and he's freaked out um, from the Gemini twins 
And uh, I mean, it's just, uh, there's a lot of symbolism there. But you know, what's funny about that, talking about the moon stuff, because um, I looked into some stuff with the 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Which was really weird, which we'll go over. I'm going to go to a certain point and then I'll go backwards. Sure. Um, But there is, they were going to uh, visit Clavius, the lunar outpost. And Clavius, if you look him up, was actually a Jesuit priest, a German mathematician and astrologer. He sat on the Vatican Commission um, to change the calendar um, to, wow. from what it was previously to the Gregorian calendar, which literally only changed the calendar by like point so many days or whatever. It was stupid. Yeah. Um, but I found it to be very interesting because several of the quote moon craters are named after Clavius. Um, and also they have what's called Clavius's law, which makes no sense to me, but it's basically like, um, if you can argue that something is negative, then it's negative. (laughs) So what do you mean? If you can argue if something's negative, like if you can argue that something's not true enough, then it's not true. Even if it's not provable, you can just argue it. Yeah, you can prove the negativity of wow. a problem just by saying, you know, whatever. That's a weird so, thought. Whatever. And then I, it, it took me further because, you know, um, Fordham University has been a big topic of discussion because um, of the Black Pope, the, the Jesuit order, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And then Fordham University is always mentioned in those kind of circles, those kind of discussions, because uh, the Jesuits are said to control pretty much everything. So then Fordham University actually gave a lecture on Clavius about how important Clavius was uh, to modern day culture for not only reshaping the calendar, but also controlling astrology and controlling uh, how people shape their perceptions basically of space and the moon. Wow. Is that not fucked up? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's super, that's weird. I mean, like I was like, huh? (laughs) I'm looking right now at this, uh, Peter Hans Kolvenbach, um, Supposedly, he was the black pope during the World Trade Center attacks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if he's currently the black pope still, but I mean, this is a real thing. Like, you know, a lot of people think that a lot of this stuff is fake. There's the white pope, which everyone is, you know, familiar with, and then the gray pope, and then the black pope, the head of the right. uh, the Society of Jesus or the Jesuits. And right. um, I, I'm sure you've seen that documentary on Netflix, which, you know, I hate Netflix now, but I used to be a big fan. And, um, You know, they have that family documentary on there where they don't look at God as God. They look at Jesus as God. And that gets me a little skeptical when you have these very nefarious figures, uh, you know, we're we're taught from a young age, at least, you know, if you're a non-denominational Christian, maybe even Catholic, uh, to say, in Jesus's name, we pray, amen, at the end of your prayer. Um, 
I always kind of thought it was very weird to pray to a man, uh, what, even if it was the son of God. I mm-hmm. still do it out of habit uh, on the on the off chance that I do pray, but there is something kind of uh, just a little scary when you have these very powerful people that we don't agree with on much, um, and they all follow this Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to lose anyone here as far as like you know saying that Jesus is a bad guy. I'm not going to go that far. I don't know. I, I no, I, but there there are religions who who branch off. Like if you take the time to look up. Um, every religion, you will find a very differing opinion in all of them. Uh, some of them do worship Jesus, the son, uh, some yeah, of them yeah. worship God, but like all of their, um, every religion is, is very, very different. Sure. But even, you know, like for people that have never heard it, never looked into it before, um, I urge you to go listen to the episode I did with uh, Jack Allen, Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. Okay. We did a Vatican episode. Um, it explains a lot about the Black Pope, the Jesuit Order, uh, Rome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, uh, yeah. Rome's um, very interesting. Is that one of your early episodes or your later ones? I've been going, like, uh, working my way this, backwards. This is an episode that I did on conspiracy or just a coincidence. Okay, okay. Jack Allen. Oh, so I have to go um, to his feet. But it, but it was about the Vatican, and um, it was a very long episode. But I talked a lot about the, you know, the black nobility, the black pope, how um, Bilderberg and all of that stuff ties into it. So. Yeah. yeah, send me that. And then when you post about this episode release, maybe tag that again just to get um, you know, anyone that, that hadn't heard that because that's gonna tie in yeah. really well with like all the symbolism that we're talking about here. Cause yeah. you know, the the freaking Vatican is one of the most powerful organizations, not just in like what right. people believe to be good, but uh some of the darkest, darkest things come out it of it. It is Vatican. very, yeah, it is very and the um like I'm not going to give it all away, but the Vatican has its own spy organization, which is way more powerful than Mossad. Um, and it also has its own <laughs> basically mob. <laughs> oh, no, I don't doubt it. I mean, like, so do you know one, what's in common with the Vatican, like Vatican City and Switzerland, the Swiss Guard? Well, and also uh, IMF funds were always uh, transmitted through the Vatican Bank. Oh, sure. So there you go. Well, like what I was getting at is they both have square flags. And like right. that's like a black cube reference. You know yeah, what I mean? Instead of having a rectangular flag, you have a, a square flag, which is a two-dimensional cube. Um, or a, a hexagon could also be a two-dimensional cube. So um, there's some serious uh, there's some serious problems with the Vatican um, that, that people do a definitely bit. need. What's that? A little bit, and I was raised a Catholic, but I will tell you, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't practice Catholicism anymore, so there you go. Yeah. Um, It's very interesting. Back to the Space Odyssey deal. Okay, so something else I thought was interesting during this is another thing um, that was mentioned in there was the the ship Discovery. Um, Remember the the. Discovery rocket that exploded. Yeah, wasn't it a bunch of like green and purple? Yeah, so or no. 
So yeah, and it was so weird. And so this whole thing is about monoliths, um, finding a monolith on Earth, and then finding one. They were going to Jupiter, but they found it on the Moon. Remember last year when when the monoliths started appearing here in the United States? Yeah, that was crazy. And then it, it turned out to be kind of a scam later on. But the first few were kind of, uh, you know, unconfirmed. It could have been a psyop, you know what I mean, when they kept going yeah. on and on with it. And here's the thing, and this is why I think it's a psyop, okay? If you're if you're thinking in terms of just this movie, okay, so they first discovered the, the first monolith on Earth, and then they realized that this monolith is what helped us have evolution of a species. So it turned us basically from monkeys into cavemen. Mm -hmm. And then each time a monolith appeared, like we would evolve even further. Yeah. Okay. And so now if you put it in the context of the monoliths appeared last year, then this, you know, vaccination comes out. Transhumanism. are they sending us a message that they're trying to get us to evolve into another species again, because they're actually merging us with mice, pigs and monkeys right now. Oh shit. Yeah. That's the transhumanism component right there that yes. people are so worried about. Or like the, they call it like, you know, we're homo sapiens now, but they, they, they talk about homo luminaries. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, and see, I did a, a transhumanism episode with with a conspiracy or just a coincidence before, and I told people, I said, you know, I I don't think that their goal is to merge us with technology. We are the technology. Oh yeah, because because we are a supercomputer. We have a a high level energy charge. And we have that uh, feeling component, which uh, AI does not have. That is why they merge us with everything else. So pigs, mice, monkeys right now, and then God only knows what in the future, they're trying to merge everything with us because we are the computer. We are the intelligence. Well, yeah. So, I mean, like anyone that's skeptical of that idea, how are we the same as computers? We have a hard drive, our brain. We have wiring, which is our veins and arteries. We have to be recharged, you know, by going to sleep or resting. Um, right. There's so many similarities. And, and, you know, people could say that, you know, these geniuses, like whether it be CERN, because, uh, you, you know, the Internet was created for CERN in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Maybe they modeled the modern day computer, uh, the PC, the laptop, the phone after humans. Um, but the, the similarities are absolutely there. Um, you know, the, and, and now there's, you know, cameras on these things. So like that, that's even our eyes. Um, I'm waiting for computers to be able to taste things, you know what I mean? Or smell things. Yeah. And, and see, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think they're getting at is, um, they, they don't have the human emotion and they, there's a lot of things that, um, technology wise, AI wise, they cannot do. They can predict a program all they want to. However, um, that is not always going to give you the emotion. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's why, the problem with AI. Yeah. 
Interesting. You and know, like even even real quick, like even yeah. his movie that was called AI, artificial intelligence, and it was like from two thousand and one. It's about this little quote AI robot boy or whatever. Um, but his whole goal in the movie is that he wants to become human and like Pinocchio be, be a real boy Yeah, because he had a desire for love because he couldn't have any emotion. He didn't have any feelings and his, his, he wanted his quote human mom to have feelings for him. And so if you think about that, like the government has a supercomputer called Alice that they, oh. I've talked to my buddy Mick about from the Patriot Party podcast before. Like, they never put that online because it was kind of like, you know, Skynet where it would take over and stuff. But in all the scenarios, <clears throat> everybody died because uh, this Alice computer system, like, doesn't have human emotion. So it can't predict, like, human outcomes and, like, our our love v- for each other and like how we would pull together and you know certain instances or whatnot and so that's a real thing. So I wonder if they try to make these things suspicious to to people like us because of the whole Alice and Hillary Clinton thing. You know what I mean? Um, she's referred to as Alice in in Alice in Wonderland from QAnon, which, you know, I'm not a QAnon uh, type guy. I'm not a big believer in that at all. I thought it was very fun. It's kind of like a cool comic book. But, you know, Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland being Saudi Arabia was the bloody Wonderland. And then Alice um, was Hillary Clinton. Her code name is Evergreen with the CIA or Secret Service, I should say. Um, but someone somewhere along the way came up with a, a, a sub name for her, Alice. And uh, that's anytime I hear Alice, I think of that. And there's, um, I think Alice is uh, tying it back to Eyes Wide Shut. Wasn't Alice uh, Tom Cruise's wife's name, Nicole Kidman's name mm, in, in that movie? I believe it was, you know, so it, it just, you see this, this, this whole thing, Alice in Wonderland, Alice in this interesting movie from Stanley Kubrick. And then it's tied in with Hillary Clinton. Um, one last thing I did want to talk about before we keep going on is um, about the moon landing and the shining is if you notice the carpet in the hotel that Danny is playing on with his tricycle, he's riding all around in his tricycle. He's playing with his cars on the ground on this weird hexagonal carpet. Right. Um, it was putting the the carpet, the hexagonal imagery aside with the black cube of Saturn. The the carpet is the same fucking carpet, same colors, same everything, identical carpet as in Toy Story. And one of the main cast people in Toy Story, not Tom Hanks, but fucking Buzz Lightyear or Buzz Aldrin, right? Buzz Lightyear was clearly a ripoff of Buzz Lightyear or uh, Buzz Aldrin. And, uh, right. you know, he always thought he was a real spaceman around all of these fake toys. And um, so that was a that was a pretty interesting kind of like a, a throwing it in your face like Buzz Buzz Lightyear is just as real as Buzz Aldrin. You know what I mean? That that was a very interesting kind of thing I found too. And FYI, you were absolutely correct. Um, her name was Alice. With so the, there you go. Was it with the, oh oh in uh, in uh, Eyes Wide Shut? Eyes Wide Shut. Yep, you were absolutely. Ooh, excuse me. Oh, you're good. Absolutely correct. 
What are you drinking over there? I'm drinking Truly 8 Percenters. Oh, I don't like Truly. I don't like any of that seltzery stuff. Well, I'm drinking the 8%. It's not the pussy 5% stuff. This is strong. It tastes like, uh, it tastes gross. I'm not going to lie, but it's, you know, it works. I was going to say, because the I, like every seltzer thing I've had is disgusting. Like, I, I even like White Claw is gross to me. Bob had me try some at his house and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's like drinking cough syrup. It's nasty. Do you like tequila? Uh, I do, but tequila makes me do some bad things. Well, you know, that's all right. If you're around your husband, you can do whatever you want. But the the, the point that I was going to make is try the, the – they're called cacti, um, C-A-C-T-I, and they are bomb. They're 7%. They have a little – they have blue agave in them, so they taste like tequila, but they're the sparkling seltzer type stuff. But instead of vodka or like grain alcohol, they have – uh, blue agave which gives it that tequila taste so good and they will knock you on your ass you'll like those <laughs> i guarantee it like men's warehouse i guarantee it because i like things that knock me on my ass well sure i mean i not even that just the taste the taste is great i mean I, so like i bought two and usually i can drink like i can drink like uh, as far as the tall boys go i can drink you know 10 tall boy white claws and and not get too fucked up but I had two of these cacti's, and they they made me feel good. They didn't wreck me, but they made me feel good. I, I was hoping for video of that encounter. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I wish I, I I would. You know, I need to film. Me and Brandon wanted to do a few things where we like we wanted to film uh, me doing a blind taste test for for cider Ooh. or for uh, uh, hard seltzers, and then oh, he was yeah. going to do a blind taste test for cigarettes, and we were just going to try. <laughs> And see if we can guess all of the, the the notes and like describe them and stuff. But you know, we've well, only done you, two skits. Well, there you go. That's something to look forward to. Sure, why not? Maybe you can help us. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'll taste us, but I'll be there. I mean, you can watch. You can just like uh, you can be a third party judge that just confirms that we didn't cheat. Ex- I, I will. I would totally do that. I would. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, what else did you want to get into here? So, you know, like, with The Shining, to me, it was so, like, blatantly obvious that it's kind of like possession, you know, because, like, this lodge or whatever supposedly possessed him to, you know, do his weird shit. Um, But, like, also, I, I think, like underlying issues there's mental health issues alcoholism because he was like slugging him back and yeah have you seen the second one yet which one the shining this the new one oh uh dr sleep yeah no i purposefully didn't see that because i think when they wait 30 or 40 years or 50 years or however the fuck long it was to make a sequel it's bound to suck it's a um, mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Kind of like Ghostbusters. Yeah, it, it's a total mess, and I, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, talking about possession and how he's having hallucinations and stuff, um, that kind of gets into, like, this very strange, weird movie that uh, probably most people didn't see unless, ooh, you're an older listener. 
older than me because this was before my time. Um, but it was called Dr. Strangelove. And it yeah, was yeah. the weirdest, weirdest fucking movie. And it was all centered around um, a plot to bomb the Soviet Union, which, of course, is Russia now, um, because they believed that uh, Russians were fluoridating our water. Yep. So, hello, conspiracy, note, conspiracy <laughs> theories. Not to cut you off, but this is uh, how I know you're buzzing, is that you mentioned this at the beginning. So, I love it. I did. I did. But <laughs> not, listen. Not the fluoride. <laughs> yeah, no. But listen, this is the um, this is the name thing that I said before that was oh, yeah, really yeah. weird. Yeah. Okay. And so the, they're going to go to war. They're going to bomb the Soviet Union or whatever because of the fluoride in the water that they blamed yeah. on the Russians. Sound familiar? Hello. <laughs> Everything is blamed on the Russians. But anyway, the weird names, Jack D. Ripper. Yes. Okay. And then we have Burpleson Air Force Base. Burpleson? Burp. Burpleson. So- What's what's the significance there that you found? Burp. You're burping. I don't know. It was weird to me. Burp. And then we have Buck Turgidson, which sounded like a turd to me. I don't know. But that's a big thing in a fetish world. We talked about fetish stuff earlier. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, whole- what you're saying, actually, it, it could be like just the significance of because it was kind of a satirical movie. It was kind of right. making fun of how the fact that these people that literally hold our lives in their hands, um, they're pretty damn stupid uh, when it comes down to it uh, in, right. in, in, you know, like in a practical way. Now, they're smart. They're geniuses in their own in their own right. You know, George Bush was, you know, n- not someone that you'd, uh, you know, consider to be someone that would graduate from Yale at the top of his class or whatever. Um, but these people are definitely on top of their game. Um, but it was sort of a satirical thing where it's like, you know, this guy is burp, this guy's fart, this guy, you know what I mean? So it right. could be something like that where it's just like, he was just throwing it in, in the elite's face. Like you guys aren't, you guys aren't, aren't good enough to be like gas coming out of my body type thing. Right. You know what I mean, and that's why like, you know, I, I, and I agree with you that I think he was making fun of stuff because the next guy is Merkin and Muffley. Merkin so Muffley. yeah, Merkin Muffley, and then we have a guy named Kiss Off. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> Whatever. And then, um, <laughs> and then you're just making fun of all their names. You know, it'd be so. Uh, no, sick. I'm just saying. And and here's the weird thing: is that the very last person, their name is Mandrake. Um, do you know what a Mandrake is? A Mandrake. Uh-huh. Oh boy. I I mean I have some thoughts, but uh what is it? A mandrake is actually uh, a flower, but Oh, that's not what I thought. This this particular flower um it grows like in groves a lot of times in like marshy swampy areas or whatnot, but they are flowers that contain hallucinogens. What? Okay, so it's a mandrake flower. I'm going to look this up right now. Yes. Mandrake flowers. So this is kind of like everything that you think is not what it seems. Exactly. 
And so it's like, like all of the themes to these are hallucinations or uh, paranoia. Like a lot, that's a lot of the theme in a lot of his movies um, is that kind of stuff where it's, you know, like things aren't always what they seem. I'm seeing things that aren't there, you know, just like the whole, like, blaming Russia for fluoridating the water, which is coming from our own government. Thank you very much. But yeah, I mean, they, they contain hallucinogens. And so um, it's one of those things where I thought it was interesting. But <laughs> well, yeah, no. Okay. So like, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, a mandrake. Uh, so it's a root is really what it uh-huh. is. So you got like uh-huh. a mandrake root is a plant historically derived from either the plants or the genus, uh, whatever. I can't pronounce that in the Mediterranean region. And then it does have a toxicity sort of uh, thing here where all species of mandragora contain highly biological active alkaloids, uh, terp. Tropane alkaloids in particular. What is a tropane alkaloid? Um, tropane alkaloid. I can have to look that up. I mean, I'm looking it up right now. Our class of uh, bi bicyclic. What the fuck is going on here? I don't know what any of these words mean, Jen. And I mean, like, I'm scared. You're telling me things that are freaking me out uh, about. So why? In in what you're saying is basically that this hallucinogenic flower or root is just one of the names of these characters in this fucking yes. movie. I mean, yes. there's so many, there's so much symbolism. Like, what about Bush? You know, you're talking about like weird movies like Gas, like Burpee, and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Like mm-hmm. Bush, <laughs> what what do we identify Bush with mostly? You know what I mean? Like the- muffin. Same thing with Muffly from this movie. Exactly. So- Merk and Muffly. So it's a murky, it's a murky batch cookie. I'm sorry. It's a dark. <laughs> well, I mean, we it's have a dark, dark batch cookie. That's what it is. That's gross. I mean, we even have like <laughs> we we have like uh you know Bernie Madoff. You know, he's exactly. one of the. He made off with the money. Exactly. You know, and I know you heard the same thing I did where it's like, yeah, like they, they, it seems like they name these people uh, certain ways, like Barack Obama, um, that's supposedly like light falling from the sky, like Lucifer, um, mm-hmm. you know, very interesting names in the government um, where, you know, these people come to, um, come to the spotlight and they, they, they mark their little chapter in the history books. And it seems like their name, uh, by us speaking it over and over again, it almost gives them power. Like the whole entity of like the new world order, the government, which the new world order started in 1991, uh, when George HW Bush announced the beginning of it. Do you want to hear something even weirder about the mandrake? Are you ready? Oh boy. Let's hear it. Okay. So it's a uh, Mediterranean plant from the nightshade family, but it has a forked fleshy root that supposedly resembles human form and was widely used in medicine and magic, allegedly shrieking when pulled from the ground. But that is why it has um, 
hallucinogenic properties because um, it was oh, one of shit. those things that they used in uh, like ceremonies and rituals and things like that to give you that Whoa. Like, euphoric high traveling a different plane type thing. Or do you see it, the the root thing? Are you, did you Google mandrake root? No, it just it comes up. I mean, yeah, yeah it's insane. There's one in particular that I mean, it yes. looks exactly. It's got legs, arms, a head. Yes. It's not just one. There's there's several that look like people. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and these are things that um, they even made dolls out of these. That's like, fucked up. That's weird. Back in the day, right? And so I just thought it was interesting that that was part of the movie. <laughs> wow. And this is in Dr. Strangelove again, just to tie it back to it. Yeah, no, that's... Yep. Uh, I mean, the dude did his research. The guy's a genius. Stanley Kubrick mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, master of psychology, um, kind of had a dark side to him. Very, very interesting. I did not know about the Mandrake stuff. That's weird. It's creepy. Yeah. And, and they're small, and, it looks like. Very small roots. Yeah. Huh. It is. But but again, uh, like most of the flowers are purple. Yeah. And so purple that, has yeah. a very high significance on, you know, and things. So there you go. Yeah. So the, the significance of purple is the idea is that it's really not uh, an actual color. Uh, it's something mm-hmm. that our, our brain truly can't comprehend what purple is. Um, so the idea here is that purple kind of looks different to each person, whereas like that's red correct. looks the same. What's that? I was going to say that's correct because um, for the females out there, I'm sure you remember this, where uh, they had a dress and they were like, what color is this? And a lot of people answered blue and a lot of people answered purple. Yeah. Or black or yeah, it was weird. Yeah. 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 So hmm. there you go. Wow. So now you know. I mean, shit, we got into some weird stuff here. I did not expect it to go this way. <laughs> Very interesting. The well, man root, the, the man, mandrake. I'm going to have to do some research on this mandrake. The, I wonder what happened to it. You know what? I heard something very interesting, and maybe you can kind of, um, you know, second this or, or maybe do research with, uh, you know, the people that you know. With COVID being something that so many people are scared about, not many of our listeners in our shows, but, you know, have you heard that the if you were to boil pine needles, um, it would cure uh, or, or it would cure COVID or it would prevent you from getting sick from vaccinated uh, people? Um, I've never heard that before. But um, there is a lot of times in old-timey medicine where they used uh, pine needles. Interesting. Uh, So what I heard was that if you take, like, you know, if you were to take uh, pine needles, you put them in, like, a weed grinder or, or, you know, what it's properly called an herb grinder, you grind up pine needles, you put them uh, in a coffee maker, um, you know, with a filter and all that stuff. You put the hot water through it and you right. basically people, make a tea. I was going to say people drink that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's essentially, it's a medicine. 
sort of like oregano, but it prevents um, – and this is not medical advice for the uh, NSA that may be listening, or but it, it just is – something that i heard and i'm just you know kind of curious as to you know the validity of the idea that pine needles have some sort of medicine in them that uh that that would you know prevent the weird sort of uh symptoms that we're seeing especially in women um that that the covid vaccines are doing fun fun little fact here not so fun but my dad He's got a good golf buddy of his. Uh, they went out. Uh, his wife got pregnant, and their neighbor got pregnant right around the same time. I don't know what was going on to where they got pregnant at the same time, but um, they, you know, both got pregnant. One lady took the vaccine because she works for the FBI here in uh, in Arizona, and uh, right after she got vaccinated, uh, a week later she had a miscarriage, right. and. Uh, you know, this isn't crazy to us, but no. it's just a firsthand uh, example that I'm hearing. I hear this. I listen to Alex Jones a lot and and Owen Schroyer and InfoWars, the whole group over there. Um, you know, they talk about this all day. They have people call in over and over again. Um, but just to hear a firsthand example of a woman having a miscarriage right after having the vaccine it's tragic and she's probably never going to be able to get pregnant again. And, um, it's just, uh, you know, it's sad. There's an attack on, uh, on reproduction. Yeah. And well, and a lot of it has to do with the, the clotting factors and the blood proteins and the jobs that they do. Um, that's why, again, I urge anybody and everybody to go look up the blood protein, blood protein Atlas, Um, Because it will tell you what blood proteins are responsible for what body systems and what their job is. It will help you to better understand. And to answer your question on the pine needles, um, I know people make tea out of it. But I also know that supposedly it has vitamin C in it. Hmm. Um, I don't know this for a fact, but I do know that with anything... Uh, if you boil it too long, uh, it's going to break down the the vitamin C. Sure. So I'm not sure that I would want pine needle tea. Um, it's, it can't taste good, you know what I mean? I, I, I like no. pine wood. If you've ever cooked, like I, I fucked up one time. I tried to cook like steaks with pine wood yeah, while no. I was camping. It tastes horrible. It's a horrible taste. Yeah, um, and I, I can't. I can't imagine drinking that. I I would imagine that would be almost as great as as trying to make something with eucalyptus wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be gross. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. But I, I mean, as far as medicine goes, uh, readily available in a lot of areas. I mean, I have a pine tree in my backyard here in the Sonoran Desert. Um, they're not very common, but I do have one out here. Um, so I, I was just curious as to if you'd heard of that. Well, and. That's probably what, and it may be something, but you know how like a wives' tales, old wives' tales are a thing? And so like, you know, like I used to hear from my grandparents, if you put a bar of soap um, in between your sheets and your mattress, like it cures leg cramps. I've heard all kinds of stuff. So for me, like um, if you're drinking it, obviously, and it has that aroma, I would think that that would probably be meant to 
do something like eucalyptus for your lungs where it's up trying to open up your lung cavities. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure. But that's what my guess is without looking. So hmm. I'm just saying. It's yeah. interesting. And, you know, I just hey, like running these things by people that have some experience in, you know, medicine. Yeah, because they used to like even have like eucalyptus lozenges that you could put in your shower um, on the floor. And that is supposed to be um, like really helpful in opening up your bronchioles and stuff. Um, but just like a lot of things that can actually cause a pneumonia. Um, so I don't sure. think they have those anymore. If they do, I'd be very surprised. But that's kind of where I see the the pine tea going or burning pine pine wood because it's it's something to open up because it has that particular aroma. Well, I know you're very busy with your show. It seemed like you're recording every damn day. Um, but I am. If you have a chance, or if you have any any kind of uh, time that you can find out or any resources i'd appreciate that uh just just knowing if that's a thing not that i'm worried about covid but if there's some kind of nefarious shit going on with the vaccines as a way to spread viruses or spread something uh it would be very very beneficial i think to a lot of people to know that uh something as simple as pine needles could help with uh with with the spread of this yeah, because there's definitely um, no lack of pine trees in the United States sure. or elsewhere. So yeah. I'll look into that, my dear. I, I would appreciate so, it very much. My dearest darling, I'm so happy you joined me today because you're such a cool dude. So is Brandon, even though he wussed out, pussed out because he had a date this evening. Yeah, he's a little cucky, you know. It's all uh, right. You know, we still love him. We do. I'm not going to bash him too much, even though I still think he probably cried over Bill Gates and Melinda getting divorced. But yeah, like, that's my job to bash him. Yeah. Yeah. So tell them where every tell everyone where they can find your podcast and your social media and all that stuff. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. First of all, just to to get on here, um, you know, it it sucks that you're not allowed on the places that we are because you're you're just spreading too much truth. So, uh, you know, we'll work on that. We'll get you out there. But uh, you can find Dangerous World Podcast. Uh, my co-host Brandon again, not here, uh, but he he kind of adds the skeptical side of all the the theories that we have. Um, Dangerous World Pod on Instagram. Um, Dangerous World Podcast on Facebook, both a group and a page, if you're interested in that. We just launched our website. I'm not sure when this is coming out, um, but on April, I'm sorry, on May 15th, our t-shirts are going to be going up to $26 on DangerousWorldStore.com. Uh, free shipping in the U.S., and uh, you know, just a, a you know a rate uh, wherever else in the world that that you're ordering from. Um, what else? What else? Patreon, Dangerous World Podcast on there as well. So uh, just let us know, man. If you if you don't have any money that you want to throw at us, just leave a review. That's the best way that you can help us. And uh, we really appreciate the opportunity again, just to uh, you know get out to a, a few new people here, and uh, really really appreciative of you, Janet. So, are you guys on Twitter? You know, uh, we don't fuck with Twitter. I hate Jack Dorsey. 
with a passion. Um, I don't like Zuckerberg either, but Brandon does that. And I know with Instagram, we're just doing the same shit with, with Zuckerberg, but Instagram has worked really well for us. That was honestly, honestly, Brandon is, uh, really just good at editing you know he has his good stuff with the the content too as far as like the the back and forth um but i gave i let him have the reins over everything except instagram and instagram is the only thing that took off so what does that tell you you know um but who's the man who's the boss (laughs) that's me it is me and he'll acknowledge that too you know um we call him beta brandon and you know it is what it is you know he does his job very well um, but, uh, yeah, just not, not a fan of Twitter. I'm not even a fan of, of, uh, Facebook, but I do like the platform of Instagram. Um, I was lucky enough, like when Instagram started to get my actual name, uh, for my personal page, but then I, you know, traded it out for, you know, just to promote the podcast, but, uh, not, not big in the social media, just big on, uh, getting the truth out through the podcast. And then the website is going to be growing, uh, gotten some good positive like great feedback from the website right away um you know lots of cool shirts on there and uh we'll be sending you one for sure and we just got our stickers in too which are coming with all the shirts so we'll send you uh a couple shirts and a couple uh more than a couple stickers for you i'm digging that i love that i don't have any merch because uh i'm a poor girl so you know well we I are am too. a poor girl from a poor family. Oh. <laughs> and I, you know, I say that because uh, Brandon looks like Freddie Mercury and I right? love him to pieces. I loved Queen and I love Brandon. So there you go. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. He has a bad yeah. reputation a lot of the time, but, uh, you know, just a little moody. He's a little sensitive, but, uh, you know, love him and he'll love you. I, I love Brandon. He's a good guy. And we had a good conversation. So there you go. He didn't yell at me and I'm happy. Yeah, he doesn't have it in him to yell at you. He'll only yell at <laughs> me if uh, we're not being recorded. And then I yell at him and I put him right back in his place. So we're uh, we're always good. So it's like little fighting brothers. It's all good. We grew up as brothers. So, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Like really, really? We literally did. Yeah, my um, we both grew up in Tucson. Um, it, it's a long, complicated story. Our our uh, parents sort of had a falling out, um, and he ended up his family ended up just kind of moving farther and farther away. They moved from Tucson to Globe, which is a local mining town here in Arizona, and then they moved from Globe to Colorado. And then uh, we we sort of, you know, didn't talk for quite some time. But, yeah, we literally grew up from uh, there's I, I've got pictures of us, you know, from like four years old doing dishes together and shit like that. You know, just that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, him and I can go back and forth uh, and we can really kind of, you know, say mean shit to each other. But we're always we're always going to be there for each other at the end of the day. So it's uh, it's well, a fun little dynamic we have. That's why I love you guys even more. So there you go. And Arizona is going to get hella hot here soon. I used to live in Arizona. I can attest to that fact. So I'm just going to say that. Oh, shit. I wish you still lived here. I know, right? It would be a hella party. Yeah. Um, But I would not be drinking seltzer things. Just saying. Well, I can show you the cacti and you would enjoy those, but... 
you know, (laughs) or other people would enjoy seeing me have a cacti. I'm not sure which. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, you know, like I said, to each his own. If you if you like uh, if you like beer, that's your thing. Go for it. Yeah, beer is totally my thing. too old for anything else so anyways um i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and please if you have not already go over follow dangerous world pod make sure you listen subscribe like download go to their website what's the website again my dear dangerousworldstore.com fantastic So go over there, grab you some merch, listen to these guys because they're amazing and they're super nice people. And I just want to say I'm hella glad I met you and Brandon both. So thank you for everything that you do and thank you for everything that you bring. Uh, Any final thoughts? No, I mean, uh, I'm I'm really thankful I met you. We have to thank uh, Ken from Black Pill Radio for that, uh, just for the connection. Um, but no, yeah, very, very honored to have, uh, to be on your show. And then I'm really, really honored to have you on our show as well. So uh, this is going to be a great relationship that I hope carries on through the ages. It will. I'm going to stalk you too. So that's okay. <laughs> thank I you, Janet. You bunches. So have a good one, everybody. And we'll see you next time.